The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Dimensions with your host, Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Our identities are not labels identifying who we are to others. Rather, they are found in God's riches, His likeness and character. We can discover our true selves and live the way He has intended for us to live. Now, here is Rev. Nicholas Barrett. Good morning. Welcome, friends. It's Nicholas. I have an amazing show for you all this morning or today, wherever you are in the world. This show is going out live from Los Angeles on the great Voice America platform. You can get it here each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then tune into all previous episodes, including this one on your iTunes app. Just simply go New Dimensions. Make sure you put the S at the end. We have a lot of first-time listeners this week due to the relevancy of the topic. And we have, obviously, about a 1,000 regular visitors throughout the world. We go out to more than 50 countries worldwide. But before we get into this week's message, as you probably know, I like to start off with a story to slow our minds down from the hustle and bustle. You know, our heads are spinning around at 60,000 thoughts a day. You know, that's a lot of thinking. So what happens is you end up thinking in snippets. Now, if you've ever been in a conversation with a person and you ask them 20 minutes later to tell you the content of your conversation, it would be bullet points at best, with some people even less. You know, so I like to do this so we can become more present instead of just hearing a blur. It could be like a, you know, train flying through the stations. We just get a brief glimpse of words and we, we just go along. The stories about animals, I think we can all relate to that. The majority of people, you know, we love animals because of their unconditional love and their faithful nature. Remember, all our hurts, heartbreaks, and disappointments are sourced from other people. So for many, the pet that we have is a safe place from the pain of the world. You know, we may have had abusive parents that had mistreated us by their words or their actions. Or maybe they just weren't present when we were growing up to nurture us. So the result is we feel unloved. You know, I'm really being honest, as that's what I sense that many people deep down feel. As I try and do these shows as a real show that challenges, you know, culture. We go countercultural to make a change. Dolphins, you know, saving a surfer from a great white shark. This is a story that I picked up. Dolphins are known to be some of the most compassionate and intelligent animals in the world. The evidence of these mammals helping human beings date back to the ancient times, to ancient Greece. Indeed, this warm relationship between dolphins and humans has been in existence since the beginning of times. You know, in 2007, Todd Andrus was a surfer. He was attacked by a white shark off California's Marine State Park coast. It was dolphins that came to his rescue. The shark, believed to be about 12 or 15 feet long, chopped off flesh from his leg right down to the bone. But the dolphins formed a protective ring around him and helped him to swim safely to shore. They actually helped get him to shore. So it's, it's an amazing story of intuition and unconditional love. Um, an ape saving a boy after a fall. A, a three-year-old boy went with his mother to the Brookfield Zoo in Chicago. He wandered away from her and then climbed over a barrier at the ape pit. 
He fell down to the floor, which was about 20 feet below and laid motionless. Binti, an eight-year-old ape, saw him and picked him up. The ape cuddled the boy gently in her arms, protecting him from the other apes. She carried him around the reserve while rocking him and eventually handed him over to zookeepers. You know, the toddler was then taken to hospital where he recovered fully. Meanwhile, the ape, you know, was praised for this rescue. You know, in John 15, 13 tells us, greater love has no one than this than to lay one's life down for a friend. The true test of love is putting another person first in their time of need or adversity. You know, animals show us how because they're not consumed by the I like we are. The ego is the root of all of our human suffering. It keeps you or me small, as when we're self-revolving, it can only remain small and eventually it becomes old. You know, try making your life bigger by making it about other people's lives and see how anger and depression soon can become words no longer in your vocabulary. You know, when your life is about others, it always gets bigger and better. You know, when your life is about the feeding of self, you soon run out of methods. But when it's about others, your methods are never ending. So it's not about just laying your, laying your life down literally. It's about sometimes putting our selfish preferences aside to assist someone who really could be in urgent need. It could be a, a life-threatening thing. Maybe psychologically they're, they're feeling as though they're going to go to the end or maybe it's health-wise, or maybe emotionally they just feel desperate. So that really is just to elucidate and challenge us. When we take our minds off our stuff, A, our life gets bigger, but also peace comes in because we were created to be in community, but we've separated ourselves. And this actually gets very smoothly to the title of this week's show. I'm excited about presenting it. Um, the greatest threat to humanity is itself. That's the title of the show, and I'll repeat that one more time. The greatest threat to humanity is itself. You know, we live in times that people have become strangers in the world that they exist. Technology and science has transcended all previous times. We have rainmaking devices, penguin robots that comb the ocean floors, forays in our medical research, and enough collective know-how to make even Einstein appear average. You know, we've been chasing our tails to think that the more we can add, coerce or control, that the more we'll find the answers to our questions. The questions you know, that have eluded the people of the world since the beginning of the ages. You know, these are the answers that God put inside each one of us before we were even in the mother's womb. But due to the first sin of Adam, we were born in separation and need to discover it in the magical mystery tour. I call our life, your life or my life, the magical mystery tour. It can simply be described, our lives can simply be described as a pilgrimage because the final destination has been set, but the mystery is in the process. You can't see as God is only giving you a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, which is Psalm 119, verse 119, 105. This means that at times we feel like we're in a dark tunnel. So we know the end has glorious light, but we only see the step in front of us. We need to elevate our faith to trust the process as then when you can align your thoughts with your dreams and more importantly with God's, you know, we're not so resistant because very often we want to achieve something, but we seem to be in this long tunnel. You know, we've been trying very hard to get change. Nothing is happening. And, but we're only really going one step at a time. So we must really elevate that faith to trust that it's a process of perfection. It's not a, it's not a, a switch. You can't just go from one channel to another channel. It's not that simple. You know, this is why it took the Israelites 40 years to do what was about an 11-day journey to the promised land. 
Yes, it took 40 years to travel a straight line distance of approximately 240 miles. You know why an average of only six miles per year, which seems incredibly slow, even for the people on foot. You know, let's go deeper. Let's go on with this. We, what prevents us from finding the hidden treasure in ourselves? I'm really going to bring it this morning. Regardless of how much or how little we have, the thing that we seek most is a deeper inner peace, a knowledge of who we are, and a life of purpose and meaning. Many of us dream, you know, about living this kind of life, a blessed and fulfilled life. You know, the deeper meaning that transcends money, prominence, or position. As if it didn't, we wouldn't have a world full of angry, disappointed people waiting for it to be found. You know, I believe that your purpose is for far greater things than your societally conditioned to crave. Even though many people speak of such a life, they may not know exactly what they're yearning for. You know, they remain with a deep, unanswered thirst, a void that they can't quite put their fingers on, a hollowness that makes them feel uneasy. You know, society has limited your mind with its ways and lies. It's a deeper feeling of oneness that we're craving. So we try to fill it with the world's ways, you know, dating, alcohol, drugs, anger on the roads, pornography, unforgiveness, codependent relationships. We're just trying to numb that uneasy feeling. And then as we do these things, we notice we need to do them more and more and more. That's why habits become addictions. This is because what we're looking for is a gift. It's not something that can be obtained. I believe that this kind of life is available to all those who connect to God's will and master plan for their lives. You know, when we're walking in purpose, we have ultimate joy and peace because we've become aligned to all that we were destined and designed to be. When you're aligned, you are no longer striving, but you're now thriving as you're walking in the steps set for your life. You experience all you need to be within reach. Gone is the false self that society has etched on you, as when you're in being, you're full of creativity. You have full potential joy and love. You have now found your true self. So God is the supply source for all of your life, as he wrote your story. And John 4.14 tells us, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You know, what this means in your life is that you need to be certain that you're chasing dreams that will fulfill your soul purpose. And not just like a hamster on a wheel, you appear to be gaining momentum. But when you find out when you're 50, 60 or 70 years old, that you are bitter and not better, drained and tired because you feel that your life is meaningless. The question that I ask you today is what well are you pulling your supplies from? You know, you have free will, you get to choose, but what you choose will set the pattern for your entire life journey. Most of us draw our supplies from the well of successes, our conquests, and then we think we've got some tangible kind of gain, and we think we've finally cracked it. We gain our strength from external resources as we lean on those for purpose, meaning, and our happiness. For most of us, it's what we have that determines our felicity. The problem with this type of reference is that we remain externally referenced by what we can see, but all the while our problem is internal and in how we feel. When you depend on your accomplishments or your relationships or what you can obtain, you're putting your whole life at the mercy of flux as your happiness is resting on things that are in constant change and ultimately out of your control. Hello, stress. Hello, hello, anger. Hello, anxiety. Sounds like a lot of people we know. Of course, not us because we're too righteous. You know, without awareness and due diligence, this can be your me on any given day. I'm just being real as I want to help some people. 
We need to be aware of our point of reference for the best life that's available to you or me. Even though we seek meaning most, it, it often eludes us most. The harder we try, the more it becomes as a shoreline that we're swimming to. As soon as it appears to, we seem to get to it, it pulls further and further away. As we think we finally have touched it, we find that we have more and more to go. It's like smokes in a mirror, a lamb that rises as if a mirage we earn to put our hands in it, but for some reason just cannot grasp it. Solomon, King Solomon wrote, in Ecclesiastes, I just love this scripture, Ecclesiastes 2, verse 10 and 11, I believe. I denied myself nothing my desired, or I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all of my labor, and this was the reward for all of my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Let's take a closer look at what Solomon really meant about this. He made a serious review of his former works and labors and considered whether he'd obtained the satisfaction in them which he designed or expected. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. He found himself suddenly disappointed and wholly dissatisfied in this course. There was no profit. The pleasure was past and gone, and I was never the better for it, but as empty as before, and had nothing left but sorrowful reflections upon it. In our human conditioning, which is deeply ingrained from living in this world, the enemy sold us the lie that if we had the cash, you'd have found the solution to all of your hurts, all of your relationships, all of your lacks, and all of the depressions. You know, we think if we win the lottery that it's going to change all these things. But let's just take a look at the reality. All these people that I'm going to read to you have died from drugs, and they've had a desire to no longer live. Their collective wealth would, would be billions. It would wrap around really the surface of the world. They had all of the things that society has sold us, that if we had them, this would be the answer to all of our problems. It would solve everything. So let's take a look at this. Kurt Cobain, who was the Nirvana front man. Jim Morrison, the Doors front man. Billie Holiday, the jazz singer. Jimi Hendrix, the guitarist. Julie Garland, the superstar actress and singer. Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, as he was known. Chris Farley, just 33, the comedian. John Belushi, the Animal House comedian. Whitney Houston, Janis Joplin, Heath Ledger, Michael Jackson, Robin Williams, Prince. You know, rest in peace to them all. The most precious gift, and this is if you can really grasp this, is time as it can't be bought back or returned. But the most elusive is inner peace. Peace can't be worked for, it can't be bought, it can't be obtained, as all these people discovered themselves. This is the most priceless gift that is only available through a personal relationship with God. Humans by nature, we're resistant to God, we're prideful, we think he's actually going to scold us, but he's actually going to give us more. He's not going to, he's going to take away the things you don't want and give you the things that you do want, which is opportunity, peace, pleasure, potentiality. So here begins the problem in our world, we're resistant, and I could really could land the plane on this, but on a few thousand people, we'd like to plow a little bit further. What have we ourselves really created? We live in an age that we have a worldwide problem at the moment of unrest and depravity. This is made clear by the violence that is now widespread at our universities, sporting events, airports, or anywhere that can cause death and mayhem to bring maximum disruption and attention. This attention is craved by the empty hearts that are so desperate for meaning, that signing up for 
signing up their life for ISIS has become an option, even if it means killing your wife and baby for the cause. I'm just being all the way real. I want to help a few people on this. Not enough people really are breaking it down. It's spiritual, it's psychological, but it's also um, societal paradigms that have created this. You know, the world is looking for a solution to metamorphosize out of its culture when it's the culture that's perpetuated the problems that we now face. You know, it's like adding fire to fire, but as crazy as this may sound, that is what we continue to do. And maybe we'll continue to do for a while longer. You know, that's why I speak the way I do. So we need to go counter-cultural so that we can solve the problem that culture has itself created for itself. We can't go forward unless we first go back to the root cause. We need to get revival by going to on a redemption crusade, not a condemnation crusade, as that only makes matters worse. You know, the evidence is clearly visible in our world at present that we're continuing to do it wrong. It's, it's evidence in every country. There was problems in France yesterday. The evidence is there, and it makes it all the more clear that we need to act. You know, there's an entire story that has led to our times in our history. It's not the problem that will bring solution, but the trail that's led up to it. Well, you know, we can't posture and attack a problem. We have to challenge the cause in a proactive way. You know, the world continues to react simply as they've set that as their default mode. We're in a default mode of retaliation, not reconciliation. But reconciliation is the only way ultimately you'll get solution. You know, we dispose of Saddam Hussein only to have his Republican Guard train and control what is now known as ISIS. Let's make no mistake, it's not just the Republican Guard that should be looked at, but why is a culture so depraved that it can fall victim to such a devilish scheme? Young, mostly well-educated intellectuals have been trained in a worldwide network that connects through computers. Many have been born in a godless, loveless, fatherless culture bent on lust and greed. They have grown with weak and many no role models are told to base what then becomes a meaningless life too. As a result of their early exposure, they have low self-worth and a gaping hole in their hearts that needs filling. Along come the recruits and bingo, sign them up for their life purpose. The desperate do desperate things. You know, the violence in our world is obviously not just ISIS, as we have many other problems in America and other countries. But for time constraints of this episode, please listen to an episode I did two weeks ago. It's titled Love Thy Neighbor. You can find this on iTunes, and this will bring you about a whole causality of why we have this unrest. It's irreverence to God, societal paradigms. That means societal methods and forms and media, and also psychology, human brain conditioning. But we're about to go on a break, and I'm looking forward to seeing you more. We're going to talk in the second segment more about these problems when we get to society's peak of success only to find out it's a letdown we're going to talk more about the gift of time and inner peace what we're craving most inner peace have a great break and i will look forward to talking to you in the next segment We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to share success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Hear about personal growth, building a better business, inspirational life stories, and personal branding. 
You'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. Welcome back, friends. Firstly, I want to thank you so much for coming back on the second segment of the show. If you are running out of time, these shows go on for an hour on the Voice America podcast. You can tune into any of these on the iTunes network by simply searching New Dimensions with an S at the end. We're talking today about why are we the biggest threat to ourselves. We're talking about how inner peace is eluding us and how we've been programmed by society to chase things, to add when it's really we need to let go to find. In other words, less becomes more because when you live in uh, an abundance mentality, you actually have no needs because your needs are being provided. I can be in a $30 million house and still have needs and be in a scarcity mentality. It's not how much you have, it's how you look at what you have. We were talking about, in just towards the end of this, the first segment, when we're talking about violence and how that's escalated around the world. And we're talking about how we need to be proactive to go back to the root cause. You know, one of the most powerful instincts in humanity is unforgiveness, or shall we say, just lack of forgiving. And that is really predicates all of these, all people that are doing antisocial behavior have had a scar from the past. There is something there that's lacking. They've taken offense to something that was done to them they've taken it personally. And of course, they've grown up. It's like life is like a pressure cooker. Whatever builds up eventually has to explode. But the idea is to go back and deal with what's in, with what's in the pressure cooker to try and get that going so you can have a, a functional life. So we can look at the power of forgiveness. You know, in our natural state, forgiveness needs to be worked to attain. It's one of the most powerful things that you'll ever be able to do. So I ask for special attention in the next few minutes, please. Forgiveness is a deliberate action. Forgiveness is a choice. It's an act of compassionately releasing desire to punish, avenge, or hold a grudge against another person or people for an offense that you have chosen to take personally. By making the choice to forgive, you disempower the other person or people from having control or dominion over your emotions. To live in a state of unforgiveness is to give the other person or people dominion over your heart. Very simply, to live in a state of unforgiving is harder in the long run than learning how to forgive. It is only with a resolution of the past that you can have a solution to your present. So to attain a higher level living, we must first develop the model, in other words, the aroma of God's heart, model our heart to his, 
You know, it is from this basis or model that you can build the grace from within you to be able to handle the challenges from others at a higher level. Remember, the challenges are all coming from outside, but you need to handle them from a different place within you to make a change. Let me explain in this way. Of course, if someone really betrays you, insults you, or hits you, you know, it's natural to feel anger. It's an instinctive human reaction to respond in the same fashion. It's fine to have anger, as first you must have anger in order to be able to forgive. Even though it's natural to feel vengeful as you want to get even or give a hurt back, by doing so you become your worst self. You go down to the same level as the person you judge or a bore. A wrong with a wrong becomes a war. An eye for an eye will make us all blind. The wrong that you're trying to right will be antithetical to ever finding peace. This would be like a guest spilling wine on your carpet and you're responding by spilling some more. A life of revenge, grudges, or any type of ill feelings is diametrically opposed to the path you're trying to connect to. You want peace, and you're only creating war for yourself. For all you know, the other person that transgressed you is probably not even giving you a second thought, and you obsess over it. The best way to nullify any action or words against you is to not give them dominion over you. You've got it. Do not react. There are some very real abuses and injustices that we encounter in the course of just our everyday living. Yes, your father verbally abused you. Yes, your wife had an affair with a friend of yours. Yes, you found out that you lost your job as a result of another's wrongful gossip. You know, these are all very real. And if not dealt with at a higher level, they can potentially become heart-changing experiences. If not dealt with in a different way than the tools of our human nature, we're in for a very rough time, a very rough life. We need to gather tools of peace in order to create peace, as the tools of war will only bring fruits of more. You know, these images and beliefs literally reverberate through the cells of our entire bodies, influencing how we feel, how we act, our relationships, our successes, and even our overall health and wellness. You know, Jesus said it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks. Elsewhere in the Bible, it talks about the need for transformation. Transformation is a need not just for the mind, but also for the heart. It's a complete major change in someone or someone's appearance, in something's appearance, a transformation. To heal and become a whole person, we need to begin by healing the heart. The heart we have today needs healing and protecting. And I refer to the heart we have today as this is not the one we were born with. It's the one we've developed by the editing and the sum total of our life's experiences. Think of the heart like an estuary. You know, all things flow out of it. It's important to get this as it can enhance your health, your relationships, and your life's accomplishments. You know, this, probably thinking this sounds great, but how can I do it? You know, it's paramount to realize that a person or people doing the abusing to you by their words or actions are mirroring a broken state that they're feeling from deep within themselves. They're displaying an external manifestation of an internal condition. They have internal damage from past hurts and heartbreaks. You know, please do not label this and others as societal norms do, which is mental. Indeed, some may have mental disorders, but most are just plain hurt. They have damaged hearts. Hurt people basically hurt people. You know, they're victims and not victors in their stories. You know, we all begin our lives with a blank canvas. It is then born out of the choices we make from individual circumstances that ultimately mold and develop how the picture we paint on the canvas of our lives will appear. For example, when a husband abuses his wife, it's, it's most likely that he has experienced instability, hostility of words, or actions between one or both of his parents or guardians in the past. 
This has been the environment or the influence he's grown up in. So he's really mirroring his childhood conditioning. The environment that we grow up in becomes our conditioning and it becomes the aroma that we mirror as, our, as we walk our life out. Like a sponge absorbs what it's around it, we also absorb what's around us. For example, if your father left you and your mother when you were very young, it's most likely you suffer from abandonment issues with or without realizing that. This is then manifest into you seeking and accepting, getting acceptance from relationships. The people you choose are the ones likely to target you, are the ones that will keep one leg in and one leg out as the relationship goes on. This means that you'll not be in a place to give full commitment, but it, from their past circumstances or emotional health points. This creates a cycle of they get what they want, they leave, you get into another relationship, they get what they want, and they leave. And this is how the story goes. To make a change requires a shift. This is when something moves from one quality to another. You know, the heart will be restored from its present condition to its former condition. Proverbs 4.3 tells us, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You know, King Solomon in this scripture identified the importance that the heart plays in the quality of our lives and the principles for, for guarding it. So there are some principles that we can do that can guard our heart in everyday life. And one is we need to recognize the treasure. Two phrases jump out of the page when reading this passage, above all else and the wellspring of life. To experience the full fullness of our faith and partake of the blessings of God, we must recognize the treasure of the heart. Above all else, communicates a priority. And wellspring of life communicates an estuary of life and everything that then flows out of it. The text identifies, you know, guarding your heart is more important than anything else. Two, we have to pr prioritize the task. Having identified the biblical mandate to recognize the treasure of your heart, we must prioritize the task of guarding our heart. This can be through prayer, listening to stimulating messages, reading uplifting stories, praise and worship music. You know, not the news media. You know, when we change our focus, we will be in the world but no longer conform to its patterns. So it's really about what are we focusing on to identify the task of guarding what goes in. Because when we change our focus, we then change our outlook. Think of life like a laundry basket and that what must, you must be careful what you put in because it'll stink it out. So we need to be cautious with what, what we put inside as the contents will determine to a large extent the quality of your life on the outside. So like a laundry basket, if you're not diligent with what you put in it, it's not going to be in, in good shape. We need to minimize thoughts that are not serving us. You know, each day we can hear lewd language. You only need to step into the street to be at a stop signal without the window of your, you know, with the window of your car rolled down or in a coffee shop or put on the television. The world is full of angry language. I even saw a baby in a stroller being wheeled down by two women down the street who, as they were walking along in conversation, every other word coming out of their mouth was an expl expletive. So the words we use reflect the condition of our heart. So we must be definitely need to protect it. So what comes in must be more, what comes out must be more appealing. You know, we live in a great world, a garden of Eden, but with lots of tired, jaded, and angry people. So the greatest risk really is to humanity. The, the Bible instructs us to put away perverse language, keeping the focus on the journey ahead to make sure to choose good paths. 
Hebrews 12 tells us, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so e eagerly or easily entangles us and run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. To paraphrase this, what this really means is that whatever you do and say is recorded in the realm of eternity, it doesn't go away. It's like what I'm saying now is recorded. You know, it has an impact on your life. You know, the race is a long one. Life is a long one, and you need to carry as little excess baggage as possible to run your journey successfully and most effectively. Remember, we want to be effective in life, not just efficient. Efficient could mean we're going around in circles, dealing with the same problems, but effective actually means going forward and accomplishing things that were designed to be for you. It means creating things in your potential and also having joy and peace in the journey. There's no point arriving at the end of the journey overladen with anger, like a lot of old people do, with anger and baggage. It's better to do the work before than have to get burdened down at the end. You know, it's just like a marathon runner. They train ahead of time in order to make sure they're not carrying any excess weight because the more weight they carry, yes, they may finish the race, but they'll be slower and they'll be drained of energy. You know, this could, this could be in relationships that we're currently in, unhealthy relationships that are just tying us down with the same problems that never resolve. You know, unhealthy habits, negative thought patterns, or anything really that's not aligned with the, with the Spirit of God. So we really need, need to be diligent. We need to, you know, take our eyes off the world. This will only serve to discourage you. Um, you need to look to God for inspiration. If we look at news media and what's going on, there's very little there that we can get hope and encouragement in. It's like putting a cell phone and recharging it into a socket that's got a negative cord. But in, in essence, that's what we're doing. If we continue to focus on these things, we will continue to uh, just manifest more and more of that. And that will bring you tiredness. So in the context of the race, Jesus is the one who has run the path before us, and he offers us the preeminent example of how the race is to be run. But he is more. He's the author and perfecter of our faith, which means he's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He perfected the faith as he conquered all that could stand in the way of it. So now a new covenant became a reality. He brings the intended goal as being a role model to all humanity. So he came in the flesh from hardship, so he could identify with all the challenges you and I will have. Or, I, or will ever face us in our individual lives. He overcame death itself. So we must really remember to focus on light, focus on positivity, and all that is, is around us to, to gain strength. We're about to go on a break, and I look forward to talking to you on the next segment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. 
She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own mighty gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to A Hero's Journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to New Dimensions. To reach Reverend Nicholas or his guests today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to nbarrett28 at yahoo.com. Now, back to New Dimensions. A very good morning or good evening wherever you are in the world. Thank you for joining me for the final segment. And you know, I don't believe this is the final segment because it's wisdom is only wisdom when it's knowledge that is then I- I- implemented into your life. So this really is the start. We, we get the information we have, we use it, that becomes wisdom. So this is really the start to the next place. In other words, when one race finishes, it's the beginning of another one. Just to recap, in the first segment, we talked about how we've been conditioned to add things to us. We talked about how we can have all the fame and money in the world, only to find out, as King Solomon said, I surveyed all of my toils and labors, only to find out that they were all hollow, they were all vanity, they were all smokes and mirrors, all smokes and the wind. So we get disillusioned. We're trying to find a deep inner peace, a deep inner meaning. God created us a spirit being having a human moment, where spirit beings really having a human moment, not the other way around. So it's important to remember that your true self, it's like having a fish that comes out of water. It may still live for a while, but it's not living to the best of its abilities. And that's what we do. We're trying to find the hidden piece of treasure that God put in us through our external sources when all the while it's inside you. It's like looking for the umbrella in the house and all along it was you know, in your pocket or in your car. We're looking in all the wrong places. And we talked about John 4.14. There's different types of water. God will give us the well of eternity. In other words, the well that will keep renewing us on our journey. What it really means is you'll be supplied and replenished and rehydrated for your particular journey. But if we do the world's ways, which are very often through habits that can become addictions, they could be through gambling, alcohol, angering cars, porn, pornography addiction, which is huge. These are band-aids to try and numb the uneasiness of not fi- uh, fi- filling the hole in our hearts. So when we finally connect to it's an internal thing, we can then begin to shift to make our external look different. And we then talked about how forgiveness is, is not natural to us, but we have to work to attain it. But the benefit of that is not only do we free ourselves to be able to open the door to our future, but we free the other person for their responsibility and them also having dominion over our hearts and feelings. Don't allow someone else to control your life. It's easier. Let them go. We can't do that ourselves. And I'm paraphrasing all of this. We need to get the essence of God's character, which is love. So in other words, we need to raise our love in order to raise our forgiveness. 
we then talked about if someone is abusing you, they are mirroring their past childhood. So if they were left and abandoned, they will then pick people who are not committed to them because they've been used to that. They were abandoned, so they have a lack of commitment issue. The person they date, they'll get what they want and leave. Then they'll find someone else. They'll get what they want and leave because they find you as much as you find them. If someone has been born in an abusive family, that second segment was pretty intense. That's why I'm trying to paraphrase it down. We're like a sponge. We assimilate the environment. Or if a shirt is, is in a smoky room, it becomes the essence of the smoke. So we need to remember the person abusing us is not doing it personally. They're only mirroring what they know. They're mirroring what their sponge has picked up. So we need, we need God for all of this. It's very simple. You need God for the supply source. You need God to find the peace. And you need God to forgive. It's GGG all the way along. And that's not a God of religion. That's a God of love, the God of who created you. Someone asked me, what religion do I preach? I said, I don't know. I don't preach religion. I love a lot of people because I have love in my heart from God. And I don't, don't want to take anything. I actually want to take burdens away from people and give them hope and promise not to condemn them. And it's all about loving them. And, and if, when you get your heart right, it's amazing how your life will flow. And that's really summing up the first two segments. We put the 40 minutes into about five. Let's talk about, we're going to finish off with this. Let's talk about getting in touch with our core self. I mean, that's so important with our real self. You know, as our minds compete with the clutter and noise of our everyday, we have many things we compete with. We compete with noise of our friends, noise with society, noise with the media, our inner voice, which is the committee, the inner voice is the committee telling you you're no good or you, you're not going to achieve that or you've been abused, you've been unsuccessful. Sometimes that inner voice committee is our worst enemy because really it can bury us if, if we, if we give, give way to that. And then we have God's voice, the distant voice that we never hear. And sometimes happens to me. Do I spend enough time with him? No, I don't believe any pastor does because we're so busy trying to help other people. But I, I make a point of doing it. I, you know, all these things we have to make a point. It's a, it's a continuous process life of making deliberate decisions and then taking actions off those decisions. I need to drown the negative media out. I need to drown my negative friend that constantly calls me with their negative, negative, negative. Maybe if it means putting them on voicemail. And yeah, I did say that. Maybe it means putting them on voicemail. You know, being loving and giving your life to serve others doesn't mean at the expense of you being drained. Nowhere did Jesus do this. He never got drained of people. It's important that you restore yourself so you can be effective and not efficient. So you need to hush things down to find your core self. You need to pay attention to how you feel. You know, attention doesn't really require you or me to think more, but rather requires us to think less. Remember, we want to slow those 60,000 thoughts a day down. So if we get into a state of thinking less, we'll then be able to get into a state of feeling more. Because when you think less, so you slow down and you'll be able to think deeper. You'll be able to get inside of yourself. That's why when I write, I go to a place like Malibu where there's the mountains and the ocean. Things slow down, but I can go internally because anything I manifest is from the inside. Same way with you. Remember, how you act out in your everyday life is through your emotional state. You know, our limbic mind, that's the automotive mind, the autopilot mind. But when you connect your inner self, we get into a deep inner self. It's because the obstruction of thoughts have been removed to give you a clear pathway, a clear pathway to your being, a clear pathway to God.
just like the air traffic control. They've opened up the flight. doesn't matter how powerful the jet is. If ATC doesn't give you a clear pathway, you're not going anywhere. So it doesn't matter how intelligent you are or how much you want to change. If you don't give your mind clear pathway, you'll be on that runway. And, and this message is for somebody. The core is the central part of your being. It flows like a stream into the millions and millions and billions of cells in your body. It's the throne of life in your emotions. You know, when you feel things around you and your attention is then focused, you can practice this. If you look at objects in your office or you're in your room or in your car, slow the mind down, see the gaps between the objects. This is an exercise I, I've covered with some people. When you sit anywhere where you are and you watch the different shapes and colors and textures, you then begin to calm down. You begin to come down and then you'll be able to know what you feel. Many of us don't know what we feel because we're going around on our emotions. We never get in touch with our inner self. You know, do you feel anger? Do you feel fear? And I'm doing a, the next uh, show I'm going to do is going to be about, I'm not going to give you the title, going to pray on that title. It's, we're going to cover some anger and how, how identifying ourselves with any feeling, we need to shift that. We need to break that. So there may be peripheral things that you feel, such as heaviness, uneasiness, or tiredness. You know, it's not important for you to label them, as this will move you to a place of mind editing. So when we start to label something, we become our false self, because it's our mind and our perception that's got us into this false self instead of our core self. You know, what's more important is identifying how you feel and bringing that into your awareness. Are you feeling tiredness, heaviness, depression, regret, uneasiness? What exactly do you feel? So this will bring you into a, into a deeper state of consciousness through that awareness, which will then light the path for you to be able to recognize your true feelings. It's in this state of recognition that you can begin to identify the canvas that you've painted into your life and into your heart. Why has this your life being deemed as being bad or being heavy because there's a it's coming from all of these feelings uneasiness anger regrets tiredness sadness fear it's coming from there that your life has got jacked up it doesn't just simply happen and this is all coming into this title why we're a god really worked on me on this last piece why are we the biggest threat to ourselves? I'm just trying to really give you a deep meaning in this. I would probably need five hours on it, but I'm, I'm giving you an overview. It's coming from one of these human feelings that have painted the skewed canvas to your otherwise amazing life. You are created in God, a masterpiece for his plan and purpose, but life has skewed you and you, you, your canvas has come from these feelings. It's key to, you know, being out of thoughts and feelings will create your acceptance. So, when you're out of those thoughts and not associating you with those thoughts, you better create acceptance, which is the key to healing. You better accept why you've created these things, which is really your key to healing. If I don't accept something, I'm never going to heal. If I can't accept that my mother was an alcoholic and she abused me and realize that she was coming from a place of her childhood damage, how can I heal? We're going to go about unhealed. And on the very depths of things sometimes this is why we have this terrorism because they've been maybe they've been molested maybe they've been beaten maybe they've seen their father kill animals they 
this tremendous atrocity in this world, but if they can accept it, this accept and say, yes, this happened, but I'm no longer identifying myself with those labels. I was part of it, but this is not my entire life. This was a chapter. I'm not a divorcee. I'm not someone who was, who's been abused. I'm not lowly. This was a chapter. I am created in being, and I have the right, like 7 billion people, uh, greater is he in you created in the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. I can do all things. Who wants an Ephesians 4.28 life? I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It, it's about really getting in touch with your core self. So without acceptance, the alternative to acceptance is there can only be denial. So in the entirety of the organi organism of your body, a single emotion has a short shelf life. It's when in our thoughts, in your head, that these emotions accumulate. They gather like mold on a wall, on a bathroom wall. If you're sharing and not opening the window, the mold is growing. It's not going to go anywhere. So it's out of years of multiplying that mold in your mind that they surface as your pain body. So every time something comes, it triggers this pain body that's laying down deep inside of your cells to either explode, either to want to kill someone, to want to avenge someone, or attack someone. There's a whole pathway. There's a whole causality to this. And I'm really trying to get this into you so you're not the biggest threat to yourself. Because very often we're the biggest threats to ourselves because we have not dealt with the canvas in a way that will give us a better life. So very simply, without correction, these will give you a toxic heart, a cynical mind. They'll give you your own limitations. They'll give you anger. They'll give you self-loathing, a tendency to be critical of others and to make life miserable for yourself or them. And I'm talking really I'm going to be honest about a lot of people. I walk into a coffee shop and I just see the misery and the anger and it just, boy, you know, I'm in touch really very much with the Lord asking to use me all the time. And, you know, the more I get in touch with my core being and myself, the more pain I notice. That's why Jesus was always available because he was about as, as connected to God as you can be. So when you change and become a more of a spirit-based person than a carnal person, you'll be more sensitive to people. And you just see, before I didn't know, because you know, I was so focused on myself, I was focused on my anger, what went wrong in my life, what someone had done to me, how dare they, how dare they limit me. I was focusing on revenge, on getting back. I walked through the valley of the shadow of death but God was my shepherd. He pulled me through the valley and said, hey, here, Nick, I've been waiting all along. I got a piece of treasure inside of you. Find it, and then you can release and produce the best for yourself, but also the best for other people. And that's really a strong message. I'm completely going away from where I plan to end with this show. Um, you know, God does this all the time, but it's really this message is very, I'm feeling it very strongly for someone. Just notice around you. People are very slow to, to praise. They're very slow. They're very quick to limit people. This is no good. I, I get negative stuff on Twitter all the time. There's so much anger, so much self-loathing. It's because we've identified ourselves to these labels that our emotions have created through our mind. We haven't got acceptance and we haven't got forgiveness because we haven't accepted that where we were hurt has come from the limitations of the people that hurt us. You know, even if they were your father, they didn't do it to you. They passed on what they had to you. They passed their bag and gave it to you to hold. You need to break that pattern by becoming aware and raising your conscience. So when, and really I'm going to finish off with this, in connecting to the awareness of your feelings at a deeper level, you can then manifest forgiveness towards yourself. You need to forgive yourself. 
Sometimes we're such a victim to ourselves and we're feeling so down and blaming ourselves for it. I must be bad. Why did they do to me? You need to forgive yourself before you can forgive somebody else. And this again is for somebody past, present, or in the future. So you need to forgive yourself before you can forgive another person, past, present, or the future. That's why you need God's character, which is love, to be able to do this. I can't do this on a human level. That's why I'm asking you, God, to do it for me on a spiritual level. This is a spiritual problem. Releasing people is a spiritual problem. You may ask, how can I not, how can I not forgive the future? Well, this is our mind refusing to accept change and in our inability to control it. See, when you remain in a state of unforgiving, you're not in control as you've submitted this control to people or circumstances that will keep you tied up forever. The only thing, as I say, that not forgiving can do is feed your ego and allow your false self, which is not your core self, to continue its, its, in its perpetuality. So the mind itself cannot forgive. Only the heart can. So make, making the paradigm shift of turning anger to forgiveness is actually making anger work for you as opposed to against you. Because at the moment, all of these feelings are working against you. That's why you're your own worst enemy. You've permitted them to impinge you. You've permitted them to limit you, and they're working against you. You need to flip it. And I can't change your past, but at the same time, yes, your future can change because your mind is the only thing that can change it. This is why restoring the heart to its original quality is so fundamental and having a life that flows through you instead of a constant state of resistance and stagnation, because that's what we really do. I'm going to um, finish off with this. It's been great talking to you. I've got a book coming out September 6th. You can get it at Amazon. Actually, Kindle have a very special promotion. If you just Google Get Out of Mind Jail, it'll come up on a whole page of different Googles. as a Kindle version, and I'm going to start putting probably a dollar for every book sold into Africa, I'm joining really with, with, with some homeless, millions and millions of children that have no parents, that are orphans. And it's about turning what we have into more to multiply. Just like God did, he turned five loaves and two fish to fill the multitude. It's about turning what we have. We are containers for greatness. We are containers for greatness. One of us can't do it, but, but if one person continues to do it and it multiplies, we can be the change we need to see. That's really what I want to leave you. Wherever you are, you're not in a hopeless situation. You're in a state of potential. You're in a station on the way to your greater destination. There is hope in today. While you have a breath in your body, God has a mandate. Really, I want to thank God, all glory to him for giving me the ability and boldness to do this. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. And whoever you are, I want you to go forward, listen to the show again, and have the life that was intended, not the life that the world sold to. You need your, to get your core life back. God bless you, and I'll speak to you in the very near future. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of New Dimensions. Please join Rev. Nicholas Barrett again next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a blessed week.